Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So we've been in this series, Gifts from the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think, I was looking back, and I think the last time I taught the series was like 10 years ago. And this is probably, well, this is a critical series for not only for Life Fellowship Church, but for the body of Christ. So we understand the gifts, that we understand the application of the gifts, that we're open to receiving the gifts, and that we're using the gifts according to the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk about prayer language. I think there's a lot of confusion on first. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 12 and 14, where Paul is giving instruction to the early church. There's not only confusion, but there's division within the body of Christ. And sometimes I've noticed when you talk to people that say they're Christians, there's even anger about the gifts. And, you know, God doesn't give us these gifts so that, we, so that there will be division or lack of understanding. But he gives us these gifts so that we can be edified and built up and so that we can build up others and that we can reach a lost and dying world. So last week I, I taught on prophecy and two weeks prior to that I, I taught on speaking in tongues. If you missed any of those sermons, I encourage you to go back and watch those because it's really, really critical that we understand the gifts, what they are, and what the application of the gifts are so that we can use those correctly. A prayer language is another vital gift that often gets rejected. It's confusing to some people. But when we look at the Word of God, it's very, very clear. Really, it's not that difficult. So the enemy would love for you to reject all of God's gifts. And I think that's what some people have done. They say, well, I don't understand it all, so I'm just going to reject it all. Who would want you to reject God's wonderful gifts? It wouldn't be God. It would be the enemy that would want to come in and cause dissension and division and confusion and even anger about his wonderful gifts. So as we talked about the last couple of weeks, prophecy strengthens the entire church. Speaking in tongues must be interpreted to strengthen the church. Our prayer language is a gift from God. That's my first point. So I want to tie these together. I want to tie prophecy and speaking in tongues and prayer language. I want to kind of tie all these together today. In 1 Corinthians 14.10, there are many different languages in the world and every language has a meaning. Verse 11, but if I don't understand the language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives. Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Verse 13, so anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. Anyone who speaks in tongues should pray for the interpretation for what has been said. When, it, when interpreted, it, it strengthens the entire church. Because if you hear someone speaking and you don't know what they're saying, how does that build you up? How do you know what they're really saying? Let's go back to verse 2 in, in chapter 14 of Corinthians. And I encourage you to read these verses. You go back and read chapter 12, 13, and 14. And see what the Lord says to you. 
But in verse 2, Paul writes, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the, the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. Speaking in tongues. We've, we've been talking about that. Today we're going to look at praying in tongues, also known as the prayer language. Is speaking different than praying? It could be the same language. It could be a different application. I think sometimes we try to put God in a box. We need to remove the box. Because God is much bigger than our little pea, pea brains can, can imagine. So it could be the same language. It could be a different language. It could be a different application. I think it is. Our prayer language is a gift. The gifts from the Holy Spirit are given to help us and to build up the church. Let's go back to, to uh, chapter 14, verse 14. For if I pray in tongues, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. My spirit man is connecting with the Lord. That's what happens when we pray in the Spirit. <clears throat> Verse 15, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. Paul is differentiating between two types of prayer, right? He's saying, what shall I do then? I will pray in the Spirit, and... I will pray in words I understand. Regular praying is, is in English for us that understand English. Because we understand what we're praying. For, for instance, if I pray for D, Lord God, I pray for D. I pray your blessings over her. I pray your protection over her family. Lord God, she's wonderful. She's a wonderful child of God. She has a great heart. So am I praying? I, surely I am praying. But I'm praying through my own filters to some degree. I know she has glasses on. I know she's all dressed in white. She looks like an angel this morning. You know, and so I'm noticing, you know, maybe things going on around me. And that's not bad. But it's filtered through my senses, my sight. Okay, if, if I'm looking at someone, I can be praying. I can be looking at their response or how they're responding. I can be listening. Maybe I hear something over here. Maybe, I, maybe somebody has on some, some beautiful, wonderful perfume, and I'm getting a whiff, and, I'm, you know. And, and so all of these things are happening as I'm praying, and that's good. That's okay. But what I'm saying is that when we pray with understanding, there can be distractions. There are other things going on around us. When I pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying. It's, it's not filtered by my emotions. It's not filtered by my feelings. It's not filtered by my, <clears throat> excuse me, my physical senses. I'm praying directed by the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes when we're praying... For someone, have you ever prayed for someone and maybe they're really, really hurting? 
And you, you begin to feel that emotion from that person. And, and you, you begin to, to sense their hurt and their pain. And it has an impact in your prayer. And maybe, maybe you get so touched that you have a hard time praying because you're feeling that emotion and, and those feelings and the woundedness from that person. There's nothing wrong with that. God created us that way. And many of us have a prayer language in this room. And hopefully you online have a prayer language as well. But when we're praying in the spirit, it's, bypass, it's like it's bypassing our brain. And I'm not saying we become a robot and we don't have any control over anything. I'm not saying any of that. But it's, it's not being filtered through our emotions, our feelings, our thought processes, all of those kinds of things. There's less distraction. I'm not seeing the flowers on the, on the table back there. It's just a more pure prayer, if, if I can say it that way. I pray a lot. I pray in the Spirit. And I, I pray in words I understand. I'm praying in the Spirit right now. Because I'm praying, my spirit is communing with the Heavenly Father. It doesn't have to be vocal. I can pray in my prayer language out loud. But I can pray in the Spirit quietly as well. So let's read on. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 continues. I will sing in the Spirit and I'll, I will also sing in words I understand. I'll sing in the Spirit and I will sing in words I understand. Clearly, there's a differentiation there. Or why would Paul be writing this? I can pray and I can sing in the Spirit that only God will understand. Why would Paul differentiate between two types of prayer and two types of singing if this were not possible? Why would he differentiate between these two if it was not needed? Why would he differentiate between these two if it were not important? See, these things are important. And when, when I get alone with God, many times I am singing in the Spirit. It may be a song that I hear on the radio that I'm familiar with, the, the, the melody and even the lyrics, but I may be singing in the Spirit. I may be singing with words I understand. And you may not want to be in the room when I'm singing. <laughs> I'm thankful the, the word says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But these things are important or Paul wouldn't be writing about them. And he was writing to the early church who didn't understand the application of these gifts from the Holy Spirit. He's writing to the church of today as well that we would understand the gifts and the application of those things. Of these things, they're wonderful. They are wonderful to receive and to use. So, what are the benefits to us? Well, and these are three that I thought of, and I'm sure there are more. We are in communion with the Lord. We talk about, what's our mission statement? To develop, maintain, and model personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. Personal intimacy with Him. And so whenever we're communing with Him, we're in this space of, of intimate worship with Him or communication with Him or communion with Him. 
We are intimately engaged with the Lord. Our spirit man is built up. And I'll talk about this more in a minute. I I don't want to talk about that just yet. But there are uh, many benefits of us praying in the spirit, singing in the spirit, praying with words we understand, singing in words we understand. It's about connecting with him. Let's continue in verse 16. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How, How can they do that? Why does it matter if we praise God together? Why does it matter? What if we're all just doing our own little praise songs? And Because God wants us to praise Him in unity, in alignment, in one accord. Because there's power when we come together and worship together where we're putting all the things aside. It's important when we spend quiet time individually in worship. But there's, there's a, an anointing, there's something that happens when we come and gather together and worship together in one accord. They were all in one accord in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell on them. They weren't in, in a Honda car. They were in one accord and the Holy Spirit fell upon them because they were in unity They were together. So when we come together and we're worshiping together, there's power. The word says one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Three could put, I would guess, a hundred thousand to flight. Four, a million. There's power when we come together in unity, in alignment with the Holy Spirit and are moving as He desires, it, it touches our life. It touches the lives of the people around us. It builds us up. Verse 16, how can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you were saying? So if we're singing in the Spirit, how, you know, and especially somebody new comes in or uh, someone that's lost, doesn't even have a relationship with the Lord, how are they going to know, how are they going to understand what we're saying but there's power listen there is great power when we come and we put everything aside and we just enter into that intimate worship zone worship is so vitally important let me ask you what do you think we're going to be doing in heaven so you know we don't have to wait till we get to heaven on earth On earth, as it is in heaven. Let us have this encounter with you, Jesus. On a Monday morning, on a Friday night, on a Thursday afternoon. Whenever we go to a foreign country, uh, and the worship team is worshiping, I'm worshiping too. I'm engaged. Now, sometimes I have no idea what they're singing. But it really doesn't matter. Sometimes I've never heard that song before. But it doesn't matter. But it is more engaging when I understand the words. When I can join in with them and declare the things of God. When I can be saying and singing the same things that they are. 
Verse 17, you will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Paul is teaching them. Paul is teaching us about the applications of tongues. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So lest we think that Paul is saying he forbids speaking in tongues. No, he's not forbidding that. He's not saying don't speak in tongues. He's saying I speak in tongues more than any of you. Verse 19, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Again, what are the gifts for? Oh, look at me. Look at me. Look. No, no, no. No. The gifts are for us so we can help one another. Our prayer language is a gift. The gifts from the Holy Spirit are given to help us and to build up the church. Verse 20. Dear brothers and sisters, Paul has a love for people. I think before he met Jesus on the road and was blinded and came into this relationship with Jesus, I think Paul cared more about religion, keeping the law. And then when he met Jesus and had this encounter, his heart was changed. He had an understanding of the law that the law was to point people to God. To point people into a place of relationship. Not about keeping every law, crossing every T and dotting every I. But Paul understood that this was about a relationship. And so when he's writing, he truly loves the people. Why else would he put his life on the line? Get stoned and go back into the town and preach some more. Paul is speaking in a loving manner here, but honestly, he says, uh, and let me say this first, are we able to take some correction and be challenged? If, if I bring correction to you, do you know that that's because I love you? If Pastor Christine has a conversation with you, do you know that that's because she loves you? If our leaders have a conversation with you, do you know that they don't have something against you? That they're speaking to you honestly because they love you? I would rather somebody be honest with me and hurt my feelings than let me go down a path where I crash and burn. (laughs) Is that really love? Oh, I don't want to offend them. Paul is speaking in a loving manner. Let's look at verse 20 continues. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Can can we grow up? Can we mature? Can we get the truth that it's not all about me? That it's all about him? And God has given you a sphere of influence so that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Do we love people like that? 
we can understand these things and become more spiritually mature as we yield to the Lord. He goes on to write, be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding the matters of this kind. We are to abstain from even the appearance of evil. Many of you have heard Pastor Christine teach on Halloween, why we don't celebrate Halloween. It's a wicked, evil holiday. And I know some churches, and, and you know, I'm not judging them, if they want to have trunk or treats and do all this stuff, that, that's on them. We're not going to do that because we abstain from even the appearance of evil. We're not going to partake in those kinds of things. And, and so he's saying, be innocent. As babies, when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Remain pure and innocent. Become spiritually mature. It's written in the scriptures I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. The Lord was trying to get the attention of his people in the Old Testament. He's still trying to get the attention of his people today. <laughs> so let's look at, uh, continue in verse 22. So you see <clears throat> that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers are people who don't understand these things, come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. And so is our goal as a church to just do whatever we want? It, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, no. And so this is why I've asked the prayer team to pray in the Spirit when they pray out there on the patio or wherever, wherever, but I've asked them not to pray in their prayer language because you never know who may be listening. And we don't want to confuse people. You know, you may be praying with someone that has a prayer language, and they, they understand that. But you may have somebody over here hearing and be thinking, oh, what, what is this? What are these people talking about? What are they doing? And as we're reading here, Prayer in the Spirit is building us up. It builds us up. And so when we're praying for someone, we want them to come into alignment, into agreement with our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just lift this situation up to you. This person's hurting. This person's having marital problems. This person's having child problems. This person needs a job. So when we pray, we can come into alignment. Lord God, we speak blessings over their life. Yes, I receive it. We encourage one another. But if all of you are prophesying and unbeliever, unbelievers are people who don't understand these things, come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. When the power of God is moving, He is piercing our hearts and minds. He is speaking to us in the language of our hearts. 
Prophecy is not just so somebody can get up and say something. There's a purpose. And the purpose is to build up the church. Bring encouragement. Sometimes to bring correction into our lives. The presence and word of the Lord pierces our hearts and minds. If we will let the fortress of those walls come down and say, Lord, I'm I'm open to you today. I want you. I want your pure word speaking to me. And that's why it's important that we have pure vessels speaking the word of God. That's why somebody coming in here having a word of prophecy, they're not going to share that with you until it's filtered by me. They may have a word. It may be a word from the Lord, but it may not be for us, or it may be for us. This may not be the right time. There are gatekeepers. We don't just allow anybody to come up here and give you any, feed you anything that they want to feed you. They will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Are you guys okay? Come on, man. We need this. We need to understand the Word of God. You know that the Word of God is not being taught a lot today. We have Christians that don't know the Word of God. And that's not going to be said about this church. Now it's up to us to obey. But, but I, don't, I don't envision that anyone here that comes to Life Fellowship is going to go to heaven and the Lord's going to say, well, why didn't you return the first 10% of your income to me? Or why didn't you know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, Pastor Mark, did you teach them? Yes, sir. Why didn't you do it? Listen, I have a huge responsibility, and anybody that comes up here has a huge responsibility as well. Because Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders, for they look out for your soul. They, spiritual leaders, will be accountable to God. He goes on to say, So it's best to do what they say. It would be for your benefit that you yield to spiritual authority over you. But the point that I'm really trying to make is that one day I'm going to be accountable for what happens here in this church. And I take that very, very seriously. And all of us are going to be accountable as well. But it says that not many of you should become teachers because you're held to a higher standard. You're going to be accountable. So I'm not trying to scare anybody off here, but I I want us to realize the soberness of these words and the soberness of knowing the Word of God so that we can go out and live. All right. You guys are awake. Awesome. Okay. 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is spirit. The Lord is spirit. So why do we think we have to rationalize everything through our logic and reasoning? Have you ever tried to teach a two-year-old trig or algebra? <laughs> and so we think, you know, God says, my, my ways are, are not like your ways. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. His thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways. 
And so if the Lord is spirit, why do we try, and he is, why do we think we can figure everything out with our, our logic and reasoning filtered through our emotions, many times filtered through our woundedness and how we see things? Verse 17, for the Lord is spirit and, who, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus came to set us free, not bind us up with a bunch of laws and rules and regulations. Where there is godly prophecy, the Spirit of the Lord is present. Where there are people that come with an expectation and worship, the Lord is present. I remember going to a, a Hillsong Pray, praise and worship concert, I guess, for lack of a better term. And, uh, you know, when we walked away from that, we drove from Corpus to San Antonio, and the praise, the praise team went, and, you know, some of the people were like, well, yeah, it was all right. Like, are you kidding me? It was awesome. Not because of Darlene Check, not because of Hillsong worship, but because the presence of God was there. I came with an expectation to receive and God met my expectation. See, it wasn't about the, the music or the songs or who's singing or any of that stuff. Our worship is all for Him. And in, the, and in the process, we get swept up into that vortex of the presence of God. And we experience Him. Where there's godly prophecy, the Spirit of the Lord is present. Where people of God are coming with an expectation to receive, God is present. He's looking for people that are willing and waiting and looking for Him with expectation. Back to 1 Corinthians 14.25. As they listen, as we listen, and we've talked about listening is different than hearing. I can hear my wife, wah, 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 but I'm not listening. Do we do that with God? Or are we intently listening? Are we saying, God, I'm going to get alone with you because I want to hear you with no distractions? As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. Who's Paul talking about here? He's talking about unbelievers. He's talking about baby Christians. Maybe he's talking about mature Christians too. As they listen, as we listen, our secret thoughts will be exposed. Has, ever, has, has the Holy Spirit ever spoken to you about what you're thinking about? You don't need to go there. Think on the things that are lovely, true, just, righteous, pure. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Think on things. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We're to, the word says that we're to take every thought captive. Oh, yeah, no, let's throw that one out. Okay, we can receive this one. Nope, not that one. What are we thinking about? As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. Paul is talking about to believers here and baby Christians, but I think this is relevant and applicable to all of us. Through the growth in our relationship with the Lord, 
He reveals stuff to us. We've talked about the Holy Spirit quite a bit during this series. He'll tell us of things to come. Don't take that job. But it pays more than this one. Take this one. And then you see the wisdom and the counsel of God when we obey. Seeing that, that other company shut down and this one flourish and you get promoted and you get bonuses and raises or whatever. Or maybe even more importantly, you have greater opportunity to share the hope and love of Christ with other people at that place. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. It's a life-changing event for an unbeliever or a baby Christian to have a personal encounter with the Lord. So my first point, our prayer language is a gift. My second point, the gifts from the Holy Spirit are given to help us and to build up the church. My third point is praying in our prayer language builds us up personally. Jude was the brother of Jesus and James. Jude, can you sing it with me? Na, 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 na. Some of you have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Check it out. Okay. So, but you, Jude, the brother of James, and Je- uh, of James and Jesus now, he's saying, but you, dear friends, you must build each other up in your most holy faith. So we're to build one another up in our holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. In what way are we kept safe in God's love? By building each other up? By praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and by waiting on Jesus. Let me read it in the New American Standard Bible. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so this phrase, build yourselves up on, means like to build on a pattern, build on a foundation, build on something solid. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Who's the foundation? Christ. Building our holy faith on Christ. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit builds us up personally. David, King David wrote that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you ever need encouragement? Of course you do. And sometimes we get encouragement from one another. Sometimes we encourage one another. But we all need that. So our prayer language is a gift. The gifts from the Holy Spirit are given to help us and to build up the church. Praying in our prayer language builds us up personally. Personally. 